Good morning. Welcome back. Today we'll be doing the fifth chapter of Ilchot Teshuvah of Harambam. This is a chapter that deals with one of the most important principles. If you recall, Harambam said Ilchot Teshuvah is going to serve the purpose not only to elaborate on the Mitzvah of Teshuvah, which we have done so far, but also to present also to present the 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 very important fundamentals that have to do with teshuvah and uh, and that uh, that are not misvot so that's the subject of this chapter we are going to be dealing with nothing less than freedom of choice so this will present what judaism believes is freedom of choice halacha alef Every person has a certain domain, has a certain space, which nobody can invade. It's their domain, they choose what happens in there. If a person wants to begin tilting himself to the right path and be a sadiq, be a righteous person, he has that within his domain to do so. If he wanted to tilt himself to the bad path and to be a wicked person, he also has that within his domain, within the possibilities of his choice. This is what the Torah says, that God says, I've created man, and man is now like one of us. In other words, God and other non-physical beings that he now is able to discern is able to decide what is right and what is wrong as if to say this creature this species of humans is unique in the world and it has no second that compares to it that is like it with respect to this point, that he can from himself, with his own mind, decide what is right and what is wrong, and then do whatever he chooses. And nothing can, and nobody stops him from doing good or bad. And given that this is the case, then God says it's possible he'll do something which I told him not to do, because I'm not going to stop him from doing so. I want to comment on the point that Rambam calls the freedom of choice a reshut, a domain, which is the same word used for Shabbat. For whoever is familiar with Hilchot Shabbat, we are not allowed to carry things, to transport things from one domain to another. So uh, a domain that is surrounded by four walls is a private domain. A domain that is, uh, that is a place where the public has access to constantly, like a major street, is a public domain. And within the public domain, if a, an individual is standing there, he has a virtual domain around himself 
that uh, is for a mod for qubits to each uh, for qubits to each side, and uh, and that's uh, and that's where sorry it's not for qubits to each side it's for qubits in total it's a square of four qubits by four qubits, and uh, and that's where he's allowed to transport. He's not allowed to within the public domain exceed his own domain. So just wanted to say that the word reshoot means domain, and it's not that we have the choice to do anything in the world. Obviously, a human being cannot choose to not die, a human being cannot choose to fly, and so on and so forth. One more thing Harambam is saying here that it's not saying a person can choose to be a sadiq right away. He says a person can choose to start tilting himself to the path of righteousness. It's a process. And the choice is to begin the process. The choice is not necessarily to jump to the end of the process. Eventually you can get there, but the choice that one has before them is a choice of doing what's within one's capabilities. And if I am in point one, I cannot choose to jump to point 10. I can choose to go to point two towards point 10. <coughs> אל יעבור במחשבתך זה דבר זה שאומרים טיפשי האומות ורוב גולמי בני ישראל. Don't even let it cross your mind. This which uh, the, the people who are not smart among the nations. There is people who are smart among the nations and there is people who are not so smart. People who are not smart, ורוב גולמי בני ישראל and also the majority of those within the Jewish people who are not smart. Also within the Jewish people there is people who are not smart. And the majority of them believe that a person is predetermined, predestined by some divine decree, whether to be righteous or wicked. It's not like that. Each person is capable of being righteous as Moshe, or wicked like Yarav Am. We spoke about Yarav Am a couple of chapters ago. Again, not that a person has a choice to have the same level of prophecy as Moshe, but yes, to be righteous as Moshe. Or knowledgeable, or ignorant, or Rahman, or Akhzari, or being compassionate, or cruel, or Kilai, or Shoah, or being stingy or generous, so too all of the other uh, attitudes and, uh, and uh, mentalities that we spoke about in Lichot Deot. And there is nobody that forces him, coerces him, or decrees upon him, nor anyone who pulls him constantly to one of the two extremes. Rather, this is an internal process, and the person needs to be aware that he or she is the one who is determining where in the spectrum of these attitudes one falls. That's what Ilmeyahu says in Megillat Echa. From God, good and evil does not come. In other words, the decisions of whether to do good or evil are human decisions. God does not interfere with that. 
meaning that the Creator does not decree upon man not to be good nor to be bad. And given that this is the case, a person who transgresses, a person who goes on a direction that is not the right one, he is the one to blame. And because he is to blame, it's worthwhile for him to regret any bad actions that he may have made. So imagine if we did believe that a person had no choice, then why feel sorry for your actions? It's not up to you, it's somebody else. Uh, Yahadut is very, very much about taking personal responsibility, understanding things are on you. Not to blame your parents, not to blame society, not to blame your friends, not to blame God, things are on you. That's how Irmeyahu continues in Megillat Echa. What should a person complain, a man with his misdeeds? And one explanation of this pasuk is, how could a person complain? In other words, Irmeyahu seeing the destruction is saying, this is terrible, but how can I complain? if I'm alive, even though I have sins. But Haramam is presenting here an alternative way to read this Pasuk, adding a question mark in the middle. What should a person complain about? A person should complain about, or a person should feel sorry about his own misdeeds. And then Irmeyahu continues and said, given that we have our domain in our hands, and it's an internal process that caused about all of these bad choices, it's appropriate that we come back, we do Teshuvah, we leave our bad ways, given that we understand that we have the choice. Understanding that you have the choice is half the answer. You're halfway there. Which is why we start with Rosh Hashanah and then we go to Yom Kippurim. Rosh Hashanah partially is about remembering that we all come from Adam Arishon and Adam Arishon was unique in that he had choice. He was created with choice. We have choice being children of Adam and therefore we take it upon ourselves to improve. That's why the Pasuk that follows says, let us investigate our ways. Let us look into what we do. And let's return to God. And this principle, it's a very great principle. And it's the column, the pillar upon which the Torah and the, pres the prescription is based upon. Um, as, uh, as Moshe Rabbeinu says to Am Israel, look, I've put before you today life or death, uh, life and, and, uh, and benefit or death and detriment. You choose, it's up to you. Uh, it's in a way, I'm going to say a philosophical point now. 
in a way it's not correct to say that God wants us to do the misvot. And I'm trying to be careful, the word wants obviously needs to be defined and explained, but what the Torah is doing is not saying you should do the mitzvot or else God is going to be sad. The Torah is saying these are the mitzvot, this is the commitment of Am Israel, and you should know what comes after the mitzvot is benefit, what comes after the avedot, the transgressions, is detriment. You choose, it's up to you. Another pasuk says, look, I'm putting before you today a blessing or detriment. As if to say, you have the ability to choose. It's before you. The choice is before you. And anything that man might want to do within the realm of possibilities for humans, also he might do. Whether good or bad. And because of this, it's said, God says in a figure of speech, I wish that, I wish that, or, uh, you know, hopefully their heart that they have right now, their intentions they have right now, uh, that's the intention Am Israel had at Har Sinai continues for a long time. In other words, it's, it's as if it's as if to say that the Creator will not, will never impose himself upon man's choice or decree for them to do good or bad. Rather, it's totally their, it's, it's their prerogative. So God in a figure of speech is as if saying, I'm not going to interfere, so I can only stand here and wish that they do the right thing. <clears throat> if it were that God decrees upon man to be good or bad, or if it were that man had something constantly driving him to any way, one way or the other, or to any uh, ideology, to any philosophy, or to any habit, or to any action, like they make up those full ones, the ones who engage in astrology, how could God possibly prescribe us through prophets to do certain things or not to do certain things? If it was that from the beginning of our being, we were already destined, fated to do a certain thing, or our nature made it impossible for us to change. And what place would there be for the entire Torah? And 
through what through what rule and through what law could could uh, we find uh, guilty or or worthy a a a righteous person or a wicked one hashofet kol ha'aretz lo yaseh mishpat rambam now quotes the same question that Abraham had could it be is it possible rhetorically asking of course that the one who administers the one who leads who manages who controls who governs the entire world does not have a system of of good and bad obviously that's not the case and uh, just to to point something out in Harambam's time predestination fate was something that uh, the astrologers believe in believed in in our time if we were to translate it to our terms i think that actually it's found more than in astrologers the the lack of freedom of choice is implicit in a lot of the a lot of the the the, the semantics and the rhetoric of uh, progressive thought of progressive science um psychology as a discipline is based upon the premise that there is some mechanism that can be understood that, that causes behavior causes human behavior it's not about choice it's about personality it's about you know a, a myriad of theories <coughs> of why a person acts the way they act and uh, you know it's uh, it's very common in society today to 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 try to find the reasons for for example, criminals acting the way they act and try to understand them and try to excuse them as much as possible from the responsibility. Or not only criminals, also certain tendencies that people have nowadays. Uh, those tendencies, the idea out there is that they cannot be overcome. And not only they cannot be overcome, but they justify any actions that come before that. It's very, very, very common to hear, this is who I am, I cannot change. So this halakha we just read is saying that that kind of statements from the Torah's point of view are rubbish. And they are just an excuse to take responsibility and put it somewhere else when it really belongs with man, with a person. Some choices are more difficult than others. Some choices take a long time to get there. Some choices are about going from one to two in order to eventually get to 54. But there is always a choice other than what we're going to explain in the next chapter. <coughs> and don't come and ask, how could a person have total freedom, total choice to do whatever he wants? Is it possible for anything to happen in this world without God wanting it? We have a pasuk saying explicitly, anything God wants to happen, He makes happen in the heaven, in the heavens and on the earth. Da. You should know. Everything in the world 
you should know. Have this in mind. Just accept this for now. We are going to try to explain a little bit that, yes, there is both things are true. Everything that happens, God wants. And at the same time, we have our freedom. Sorry, Dalit 3. Kesad, how so? Look around. God has imposed certain programming to creation, to the way we see, to, to the things that we see around us. Fire and gases, they tend to go away from Earth because of uh, density and gravity, etc. The Hamayim, the Aretz, liquids and solids tend to be attracted, again, because of gravity and because of uh, density and pressure. The Hagalgal Sovev Be'aigul, there is some circular or constant motions to, to, the, to, to the planets. And also other creatures, if you look around, they all have a certain programming in them. And that's the way God wants the world to behave. So you know what is a human programming? Inside our programming, the code that God wrote, that is the human condition, includes the possibility of choice. And everything we want to do is up to us. And that we have no coercion, nor any constant ten, any constant pull to a certain direction. <clears throat> Rather, man by himself, with his mind, the mind that God gave him, does anything that's within the realm of human possibilities. What is one of the consequences of this? Man is judged according to his actions. There is no excuses. If he does something good, he receives something good. If he does something bad, there is a bad consequence. And that's what Malachi says uh, that it was from your own actions that these bad things have happened to you. Rishayahu says they too chose these paths of them. And Shalom also says <coughs> as a warning in Kohelet, have fun while you are young, but know that all of these things are going to be to, to pass are going to be passed judgment. God is going to pass judgment on. He's going to judge you for all of these things. As if to say no, that you have the ability to do whatever you want. But you're going to have to render accounts on those choices. 
והלא הקדוש ברוך הוא יודע כל מה שיהיה קודם שיהיה. Now, a second philosophical question. How could it be that God knows what's going to happen, he knows the future, before it happens, ידע שיהיה צדיק או רשע או לא ידע. So does he know that I'm going to be a righteous person or an evil person or not? אם ידע שהוא יהיה צדיק, אי אפשר שלא יהיה צדיק. If God knows that I later in life will be righteous, then do I have a choice to not be righteous? If I'm not righteous, then God's knowledge was not correct. ואם תאמר שידע שיהיה צדיק ואפשר שיהיה רשע, if God knew that I, that I would be righteous and I still can choose to be wicked, then there was some fault in God's knowledge. Da. You should know that the answer for this question it's longer than the surface of earth and it's wider than, than the width of the ocean. This is an allusion to a pasuk in Eov. And it depends, and de- depend, depending on it are several very important fundamentals and principles. But just for now, he says, I'm going to give you one thing which you need to know. We explain in the second chapter of Ilchot Yisodei HaTorah, this Halakha Yod, שהקדוש ברוך הוא אינו יודע בדעה שיחוס ממנו, כבני אדם שהן בדעתן שיניים. God does not know, like humans, the way God knows is not by acquiring external information that is outside him. Like human beings who are separate and apart from the data that they have, that they acquire. Rather, he, blessed be he, blessed is his name, he and his knowledge, the data that he knows, whatever that means, are one and the same. Before you try, you should know that it's impossible for men to make sense of what we just said, to understand it. The human brain is wired to understand certain things within our reality. We cannot, for example, just to give you a very simple example, you cannot stop and feel what it felt like before being born. You cannot imagine a world without light. You cannot imagine a world without matter. We are limited. And just like man is not capable to understand and to discover the reality of the Creator, <coughs> as it is said, God says to Moshe, man cannot see me while being alive. So too we cannot understand the way God knows. Nishayahu says that explicitly in the name of God. God says to Am Israel, for the way I think is not the way you think. The way I act is not the way you act, said God. 
and given that this is the case, and banu koach lieda heach, and banu koach, we don't have <coughs> the ability lieda heach lieda kadosh baruch hu kol abeluim umarsehem to understand how God knows all the creatures or their actions. Aval, but what can we know? Nida belosafek, we should know without a shred of doubt, Shema Adam Adam, that our actions depend on us, depend upon us, they are our choice. Then Hakadosh Baruchu Moshcho, Vilogozer Alav, and God is not pulling us to any direction, nor determining, nor decreeing upon us. Not to do one thing or refrain from doing anything. And this is not something that we only have to accept as a matter of doctrine. It's also something that can be proven if one studies this subject uh, scientifically. You can have experiments showing how people have choice. You can have experiments with identical twins showing how they can choose different things, even though they are genetically identical. And this is why prophecy says that a person is responsible and accountable for all of his actions based on what those actions are. In tov veimra, whether for good or for bad, vezehaikar, and this is the principle, shekol divreha nevuat eluhimbo, that all of the matters of prophecy depend upon. Why? Because if there were no choice, then what's the point of God communicating through prophecy to mankind, instructing us what the right way and the wrong way is? If God has programmed us, to already act in a certain way, if this is already written somewhere, then what is the point with God interfering and trying to enlighten us and show us what would be a better choice or a worse choice for us? And I want to finish just with one thought. I've heard Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, I've read Rabbi Jonathan Sachs um, writing about this. Harambam does not count this principle, freedom of choice, among the 13 principles that he lists in, uh, in Perusha Mishnayot. And the reason for this might be, according to Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, that this is an implicit, it's an implied principle that is really behind all of the other principles, and it's the 14th principle. And the number 14 was a number that Harambam chose many, many, many times to organize his works. Almost everything Harambam says or uses is based on the number 14, including the book we are studying right now, uh, Mishneh Torah, which has 14 treatises. Uh, in in uh, Sefer HaMisvot, Harambam has 14 principles of what is a misvah, what is not a misvah, and so on and so forth. So there are 13 principles, but there may be a 14th implied principle and if that's the one, then this, and, and if that's the case, then this is the one, this is it.
with this we stop and I wish all of us Shabbat Shalom and Vurach.